You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. Be ready. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. If you're listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and basically anywhere else you enjoy your podcast, including nowadays Facebook. You can listen directly on our Facebook page, the Multiverse Fancast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me in the studio today is Rob. Rob, how are you? I am good, and I'm excited for today's topic. Rob is not excited for today's topic. <laughs> no, that, not entirely true. I'm half excited for Rob, today's Rob topic. Rob is half excited, half annoyed that I did not finish season two of Lock and Key in time, so we have to do this <laughs> instead. But for the record, Melanie and I, producer Melanie and I, did make it to almost the end of Lock and Key. And for the record, for today's topic, I was asked to watch it quite some time ago. <laughs> been telling you to watch Titans for like a year and a half. You should really catch up. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah, get to I'll it. Get to it yeah. See, that's what I got to do. I just got to give you guys all deadlines and be like, hey, you have yep. to do this. So, Maybe one of you guys will join me for uh, some of our other shows at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we are super excited. We're here talking about uh, season three of DC slash HBO Max's slash DC Universe, <laughs> formerly uh, Titans. Uh, Formerly co-owned by DC oh, Comics God, and Warner so, Brothers, and a little little backstory on Titans. Titans was the uh, the flagship show of the DC Universe uh, online streaming service when uh, DC attempted to get into kind of the Netflix HBO Max style, which is ironic because HBO Max totally blew it out of the water. Yeah. Um, originally, the show was pitched for TNT. They they had been working on it oh, for years. It? Oh yeah, Titans was originally a TNT based show that they were trying to get off the ground. For and how long? Like, what? Like, was that something that they did like ten years ago or something? I want to say. See, this would have been really good for me to <laughs> totally do some research. Throw him a curveball. Now uh, we'll do that when I'll we get, get to the actual show. But uh, before we get started, we do mm-hmm. have some news that we gotta discuss a little bit. Nothing too crazy, I don't think. But uh, so Marvel the, movies suck now, the, and that's the big news to today. Um, so Eternals is now uh, out for critics, uh, and critics are able to comment and write their reviews. And right now, Eternals is sitting on Rotten Tomatoes at a very, let's see, the last time I checked it was at a very sad 60%. Let's see if it even went down anymore. No, it's still at 60%. Um, Okay, so what Rotten Tomatoes, now this doesn't open for another month, I'm sorry, week uh, for the public. So, but right now the critics consensus is it's an ambitious superhero epic that soars slightly more often than it strains takes it in intriguing and occasionally confounding new directions. From what I've been reading on a lot of the uh, reviews here is that there's a lot of exposition. Uh, some of it is sort of hard to grasp and put your head around. Um, it's sometimes philosophical at times. It's not exactly always action-packed. I've heard CGI creatures are not that good-looking in this, so I'm I'm worried. Faceless CGI armies in this oh, movie? Oh, God. no. That's everything I've always rallied against. I'm ho- Marvel started it. <laughs> Blue sky beams and CGI armies that we I don't know. feel about feel bad about killing. But I thought we were past this. We are not. Yeah, we are clearly. so not. Um, there there are some tropes in superhero properties that are just over overdone all the time. And one of them is, of course, the faceless CGI army. Mm-hmm. The the bad guys we don't care about yeah. losing. So that's why Thanos was such a, a breath of fresh air. Right. Up until the Battle of Wakanda when he 
release, you know, they release their oh, face yeah. CGI I, army, and I, then I, they do it again. I and, concede on that one. You're right. Yeah, and then obviously the sky beams became exceptionally popular both in Marvel, DC, and, and other uh, yeah. movies and uh, uh, sci-fi genre as such. But um, it's it's kind of disappointing because Eternals looked like a good time, and I had questions about it. I had um, a big interest in seeing it. I still, obviously, we'll still be at the theater. We'll still talk oh, yeah. about it at some point, uh, but. It's it's sad that that's where we're at. Where now, as a bit of comparison, because um, it is a philosophical sort of you know navel gazing kind of superhero movie. So is Watchmen, and Watchmen on Rotten Tomatoes comes in at sixty five percent. So I'm hoping that okay, it's because I did see this in a few reviews. It's not for everybody. Which you know what, if that's the, if that's what the case is, I can do that because I think it might be for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm all right with that. So that's that's the biggest news I've got this week. I already hear Timmy's review. Not enough smashing. Yeah, he's I, he might. I don't know. I don't know how he's he's gonna be bored. I think at times. Uh, <laughs> you can do philosophical with a superhero movie. It can be done. Um, say what you will about Watchmen, but I do enjoy Watchmen. I, yeah. I recognize its flaws it, and yeah. um, excessive reliance on the source material uh, visually. So I, I get stuff like that. You want to, you know, look at look at a show like The Boys. The Boys isn't necessarily philosophical, right. but it is philosophical at the same time. Yeah. Like it's crass and it's rude and it's, you know, superhero orgies next season. But it does tackle some really big questions. And the biggest questions are always what would what would the world be like with superheroes? Yeah. And I really want this Eternals movie to tackle the issue of there were these like god tier beings on earth this whole time yeah i mean they even say in one of the trailers you know where where were you guys yeah we we weren't allowed to do nothing well that's no. stupid well we'll see so I, i'm yeah. sorry no no i just really want somebody to be like that's stupid so i guess it'll settle it for us in a few days when we go to see the eternals and so. also you know reviews are one thing but there's also the audience score there are tons of movies oh, yeah. where the audience score and the review score are totally different mm-hmm. you know so next up on the slate, since we're on the topic of Marvel news, Marvel shifted a ton of stuff uh, in the coming years, um, and and I, that's not a slip. It's in the coming years. They moved Doctor Strange from March to May of, of next year. They moved Thor: Love and Thunder from May to July. They pushed back Black Panther from July to November, and then in 2023, um, the Marvels moves uh, to February, and Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania moves to July, and then there were other slots that were unnamed movies. Um, there, it it looks like they just want to give a lot of breathing room to a lot of these films. I think there's a lot of different factors, and and we'll never fully grasp all of it. Um, if you guys heard our, our Venom, Let There Be Carnage review, we did talk about the Marvel Universe, where it was kind of going. There are a lot of rumors that Spider-Man No Way Home is going to shake up the Marvel Universe right. in the biggest ways. Um, and I love rumors. Rumors are fun. But most of the time, the rumors are just wish fulfillment. Like, it's what we want. Yeah. Um, I am fully expecting, until I see a trailer that says otherwise, I am, I am literally telling myself that there will be no other Spider-Man in this new Spider-Man movie. Until I'm told otherwise, because then I'm going to leave that movie going. I want another yeah. Spider-Man. Well, I, um, I think I'm thinking of like the Marvel television shows where we were like, "All right, here's a, a big person is going to show up," and, and no one ever did. Uh, <laughs> Except the, for Kang. This is that physicist that I was telling yeah. you about. Oh, it's 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 George. <laughs> it's nobody. Yeah. It's not like uh, what's his name from the Fantastic Four. Oh, everybody was saying Reed Richards. Yeah. But they they also yeah. added a couple of unknown, uh, unnamed Marvel projects in that right. listing. So. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, because 
Marvel could also mean another Sony Spider-Man movie. Right. Because that's also in flux too. What's going to happen with Tom Holland's Spider-Man after No Way Home because they have not finished their contract? Yeah, yeah. Um, So... So I mean, we'll, this could we'll be the last time we see Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. Money, money always talks. Oh yeah. I, I gotta say, you know, although it was nice of like, wow, every like two and a half to three months we're gonna get a new Marvel movie. You know, it's sad that they put spaces in between these and delayed stuff. But I gotta say, it probably is staving off Marvel burnout a little bit. I can see that. Yeah. Especially if like the worlds are getting more and more convoluted. Mm-hmm. Like, and we still have no clue what's happening with the Avengers. No. Um, nor the nor the pandemic. Uh, because you know, <laughs> because you know, like we're seeing also in box office that uh, movies have longer legs now that they last. Lo- you know, although they might be front loaded in those first two weekends, they stick around for a long time. So I wonder if Marvel's thinking about that too. It's definitely probably in the in the factory. Yeah. You know, speaking of Marvel and Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, Bill Murray let it slip that he's in it. Love it, I love it. I hope he's like one of. I hope he's just like some really big random Marvel character, yeah. like somebody we'd rec- like Seth Green. Seth Green as Howard the Duck, like yeah. something oh, funny yeah. like that. I could see him doing a voice um, of some random. Yeah, he was on a Cosmo a, the Space Dog. He was on a podcast or something, and he's like, "Oh, by the way, I just finished a Marvel movie," and everyone was like, "Okay," and he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm in Ant Man three. And it was a shock. Nobody knew about it. It's funny because like. You, you watch interviews now with Andrew Garfield, and he's there's all these memes going around about like the the sniper rifle behind the camera going, "Don't tell him, <laughs> don't you say a word." There, a lot of Marvel actors, anybody who's been in a Marvel movie, they usually have to stay very, very well, quiet. Tom Holland and uh, what's Ruffalo. his name, Ru- Mark Ruffalo, uh, yeah, yeah, streamed the first eleven minutes of Thor or whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> but um, so Marvel is very notorious for keeping everything exceptionally tight lipped which i'm fine with i like being surprised mm-hmm. and i hate to say it you know since endgame we haven't had a big like marvel surprise it, i know no, i'm, I'm no, racking my brain not. trying to think yeah. even, even like shang chi was fun with uh you know the abomination and wong right. but we knew about that right yeah we saw the tra- in the trailers i mean the dragon was cool yeah. but there was no holy holy crap moment right uh and black widow was just holy crap in the bad way yeah i know Ugh, gotta so that means, let's see, we've got Eternals next, then we've got, I'm just thinking out loud, then we've got Hawkeye, and then we've got Spider-Man. All right, so we can, we can do this. Yeah, we got, we got, a, fun, we got a fun couple of months. <laughs> uh, let's see, um, the, why The Last Man got canceled. I know, it's a good thing we didn't do an episode on yeah. it. Well, we still might. I'm, 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 I'm for it. I, I maybe, have, we'll, maybe we'll do it on now, Why the Last Episode. Here's the thing. As much of a fan I am of the comic, I have yet to watch an episode. I was going to ask. Like, yeah. I haven't heard you talking about no, it. No, I, I, I just I haven't gotten around. I, I watched Lock and Key. Well, I was so busy with Titans. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and I was watching Lock and Key came out, uh, and there was other stuff, but I just I just didn't get time to watch Why? why? What is that, Hulu? I think uh, it is. Yeah, I think it's uh, FX. Yeah, FX. Obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Val Zod show. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this so, is Paul's uh, expertise as, here. I, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but Black, Black Superman. That's what this is. It's uh, the Michael B. Jordan uh, starring as Val Zod miniseries that's in the works for HBO Max. They just landed two writers, uh, Darnell Mateer. I hope I'm saying that right, and Josh Peters. Uh, oh, they uh, they did a couple things of Transformers, uh, Rise of the Beasts, 
an earlier draft of Obi-Wan. So I'm excited. It, it's nice to see that that's moving forward. HBO Max, apparently they want to do a lot of stuff on HBO mm. Max. And I'm totally fine with them doing an HBO Maxiverse. Like, yeah, I'm all know, right with that. Do whatever you like. But Disney Plus is doing it with their Marvel stuff. But you see, might as well. they're doing it in a way that it, it's separate, mm. which I'm fine with. Almost like how the CW had their stuff, right? And yeah. then the DCEU has its stuff. Now mm. we got HBO Max having their stuff. If it works for them, it works for them. Yeah. Like HBO Max has been doing just fine with its uh, streaming and releasing schedule. So I, I'm excited to see Valzad and to see Michael B. Jordan uh, participating in it because I, I like Michael B. Jordan. Oh, who doesn't? Um, yeah. And it gives them a chance to kind of branch out with some of the characters. You know, unfortunately, there is a, a little bit of Superman burnout. Uh, I think that has to do with no. not everybody relating to the character of Superman. And then when they try and make him relatable, then they don't like him. He, Superman's one of those weird characters. And we're going to talk about it for Titans because I do want to bring up uh, Superboy in this. Okay. But um, Superman's one of those characters where you make him too relatable, nobody likes him. You make him completely unrelatable and nobody likes right. him. Right. You know, it, it's very strange. Uh, Superman and Lois has done a, the best job thus far of, mm. of making Superman. Because Superman... <laughs> in the public world is like still Superman, but at home he's like, I don't know what I'm doing because any parent can relate to that. Mm. So I'm excited. Valzad sounds like it's going to be a, it's, it's off yeah. to a good start. All right. In the trailer news here, uh, not that I have anything to say about this because I don't even know what to think about this. Marvel's hit monkey. I didn't even see the trailer. <laughs> it is an, an animation uh, property uh, for adults about a uh, monkey uh, Jason Sudeikis is involved, so um, right away I'm I'm kind of in, and it's about a monkey hitman, and I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. Um, in other trailer news, we've got uh, the Witcher season two trailer. Sigh. Yeah, I gotta say it looks really really amazing. Did you watch season one? Oh, of course, yeah, so oh, yeah. good. And I'm gonna rewatch it in about a month. Yeah, yeah, because that's the problem. And you and I were just talking off yeah. air before we started recording. We were talking about Lock and Key, where it sucks that there's such a big gap mm -hmm. between these shows. Yeah. Your average show goes on a two to three month hiatus at the end of its season, and then the second season starts, or oh, the next yeah. season starts. We were conditioned to watch an episode every week, right? Mm -hmm. So, like when I watch, um, I'm watching Star Girl now. Okay. So every week I watch Star Girl. And that way I don't need the constant reminders. Now for a show like Lock and Key, The Witcher, things like that, where we have to binge where we can where we can binge watch the entire show technically in a weekend if right. we really want, um, then we have to wait a year, two, yeah. COVID nineteen years, you know? Yeah. So for me, like we went to watch Lock and Key and producer Melanie hit the skip recap and then we both were like Yeah. Crap. <laughs> We don't remember anything that happened yeah. in the first season except for, you know, like the big things. So we actually switched to my account and restarted it <laughs> so we could watch the recap and have yeah. a general idea of what was going on. I got to say, I watched the recap and I was – even watching that, I was like, I don't remember that. That yeah. happened? Wait, when? Who? <laughs> like I, I, I had a lot of hard – well, because – and I think you bring up a great point is that we binge watch these shows in like two, three days – and then it's nothing for, you know, 12 to 18 months. And so, you know, try and remember what you did in a two-day period oh, uh, a year and a half later. Don't it's, even remember what I had for breakfast. So, yeah, I'll be re-watching re The Witcher. Um, and then finally, we have a new, probably more authentic Cowboy Bebop trailer in terms of authentic, authentic, authentic in terms of, like, that's what the show's going to be like. His hair's not green. <laughs> 
Um, I'm I am really super excited for Cowboy Bebop. I I was I'm excited. I was never a Cowboy Bebop fan, but mm-hmm. I I really dig the way that this one looks yeah. and the style. It's it's unfortunate because anime and manga are very difficult to adapt. Mm-hmm. They are notoriously difficult. We have seen some horrific Hollywood adaptations of beloved I'm anime. To think. Dragon Ball Evolution, oh. uh, Ghost in the Shell, uh, Air, Air, uh, Air Avatar, Bend, Avatar, yep. the Last Airbender. Yeah. Like we've seen some horrific, yeah, um, especially with the whitewashing. Yeah, this show, Cowboy Bebop, looks like not only is going to take into account the fan base and the look of the show, it, it looks like it's really going to do a lot of justice to it. But I also get nervous because as much as I love the movie Speed Racer. <laughs> I think Speed Racer when I see this stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that that's that's the problem. Yeah. You got to find your balance of the realistic with the anime components. Yeah. You can do your anime shots like there's a lot of shots like reflective shots and stuff like that. But it it gives me hope that I would love to see a live action Dragon Ball Z at some point or something mm-hmm. along those lines, but I am glad to see though that cuz this is something I wasn't aware of that Cowboy Bebop might be for adults a little bit cuz he drops an F bomb in the trailer. Yeah, and I wasn't expecting that. I, I so maybe this is going to be a bit more adult than I, I thought. You know, now, you know what I wasn't expecting? Uh, 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 Harold from uh, Harold and Kumar. That's who he is. He's ripped. John oh, Ch- I I know John he was, Cho, Yeah, I, I've heard him say that this is the most he's ever like worked out, and and he's older than both of us. By yeah. the way, <laughs> it's amazing what you can do with Hollywood money nowadays. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited for it. It looks like it's a lot of fun. I have to say, I showed it to my comic book class, and they all said that it actually looks like one of the very first authentic anime adaptations. Because I've got a, I've in my class, they've been introducing me to anime and giving me some manga to read, and uh, they're they're deep into it, and they know a lot of this stuff. And they said, yeah, it actually looks like something they would watch. So that's good that here the fan base likes it. I still like Speed Racer. But uh, any other news? Yep, that's it. All right, that's going to wrap us up on news. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are talking Titans Season 3 and a little 1 and 2. But first, a quick break. All right, we are back, and we are here to talk about Titans. Titans. I love this. So I did actually do some research. Calm down, everyone. But yes, the live-action Titans series was... uh, in development in September 2014. Oh, so it's been about seven years. Yeah. Yep. Originally for TNT, uh, the pilot was written by, uh, we got Mark Haynes and Akiva Goldsman. I was just ranting about Akiva Goldsman a minute ago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I got to get this out there because there are some really talented people with Titans. Yes. And there are some really untalented people with Titans. And there Titans. are some really bad script choices with yeah. Titans. Um, so Greg Berlanti is involved, which we love Greg Berlanti on the show. He's been very big with uh, with a lot of the other shows. Yeah. That's he's the, the, Berlanti, the Berlanti the Berlanti verse. He's the Arrowverse. It's because of him that, that it took off. But you've got Akiva Goldsman, just to give you a couple ideas of, of things he's written. Um, he wrote some of the Transformers movies, uh, specifically The Last Night, which is one I never saw. Uh, he wrote Angels and Demons, Da Vinci Code, iRobot, Lost in Space. Wait, Lost in Space, the movie or the TV the show? The movie. Oh, with Joey. <laughs> yeah. That movie is a lot of fun cheese at this point. Uh, but have you yeah. seen the Netflix show? I've heard good things. It is fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Really? Okay. Oh, it, it was so much better, and they they took some liberties that I was kind of surprised with. I'm okay with that. I would I would recommend it. And he also wrote Batman Forever, and more importantly, Batman and Robin. So here's here's the thing about Batman and Robin. I have I have grown to 
not like Batman and Robin, but have a better appreciation for it. And I'll tell you very simply why. I won't hold it against anybody involved in it except for the studio. The studio was the one that said, this is what we want. We want cheesy, campy, sells toys. So you want us to make Batman into, you know, the Adam West Batman again? Yes. That is why they changed their costumes at the very end when it's like, all right, we have 11 minutes to thaw the city. But first, <laughs> costume party. Yeah. Yeah. That That's why they change and get new vehicles. Uh, Do you think Batgirl brought those with her? Uh, yeah. She wore her outfit for four seconds, fought Poison Ivy, and then put on a new one. I yeah. think they made the exact movie they wanted to make. The studio did. Yeah. Or I think Joel Schumacher too. <laughs> Joel Sch- Schumacher has come out and he he's said, you know, like he came out years ago. Well, yeah, not that. Okay. But he's like he takes responsibility for certain things, like the the bat nipples, which were mm-hmm. in Batman Forever too. Like people tend to forget that yes. there were bat nipples, not not as much, but uh, but there just wasn't a shot dedicated to the bat nipples or the bat cod piece or the bat, or butt. the bat butts. Yep. Anyway, uh, but also I should say Akiva Goldsman. Uh, has also produced some trash. I want to s- especially stress that he uh, produced Paranormal Activities 2 through 4. Oh, not even like the one good one. Nope. <laughs> Dang it. It's funny. We just did an episode on Cinematic Adventures about uh, House on Haunted Hill. And just, yeah, I saw that. Just, uh, just like fun ghost yeah. movies and stuff like that. And we mentioned Paranormal Activity. And we said that, you know, sometimes less is more with these things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah. That, and you know what? And, and maybe that's my overall. Now, I, I've been kind of bullish about my statements about Titans and I keep saying to Paul, I'm saving it for the show. Here's the problem I have with Titans is that there's a lot of really talented people and a lot of untalented people involved with it. And so as a result, the final product for me is extraordinarily uneven. It is a, it is a mixed bag and I, yeah. and I will agree. There's also been a lot of, I don't want to say liberties taken, but um, I, I think there's also been a lot of miscasting where they took a really good actor and they put him in a really bad role, or okay. they wrote the who, role. You're partly. thinking of someone I want to know. Who Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I I hated Bruce Wayne in really? this show. He has some I, good moments. I could understand that, and and I'll, we'll go into it because we're gonna we're gonna go uh, character by character. I think I, that would I, be the yeah. easiest way to I, do this. I loved him in Game of Thrones, and that's what I've heard. Yeah, but yeah, in this I didn't love him. Yeah, and Jeff Johns is also involved in this, which I I have no love for at all for Jeff Johns because yeah. he screwed up so much in life, hit or miss. So right. yeah, we're gonna go character by character. Basically, the show starts off. The Titans are. A former thing. They were a group of teenage sidekicks. you're talking about season one. Season one. Okay. This is all the way back to season one. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know, Titans was a group of superhero sidekicks, basically. They were like the the kids would have their club while the superheroes <laughs> yeah, were doing like, their thing. It's like the Young Justice kids or something like that. Yeah, famously known as the Teen Titans and then eventually just the Titans. Uh, they've been all over the place. They've had very successful comic books. They've had very successful um TV shows. You had uh, Teen Titans back in the early 2000s, and then Teen Titans Go, which sucked. Uh, you have shows like Young Justice. Hey, <laughs> I hated. I hate Teen Titans Go. I'm... I will explain why I hate Teen Titans Go because you look like you're about to fight me on it. <laughs> the reason I hate Teen Titans Go is because there was nothing. Awful. Yeah, that doesn't help. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so, t- uh, Teen Titans was a great show. It dealt From with, what I've heard, yes. It dealt with dark... It, and that's why you like Teen Titans oh, Go, because okay. you haven't seen no, Teen I Titans. Haven't. So, Teen Titans was like Batman and Batman Returns, and mm-hmm. Teen Titans Go 
is like Batman and Robin. Okay. That is the t- that is the drastic tone shift, and it's even worse to have a show make a sequel where they bring mm-hmm. back the entire yes. original cast, but they put him through a goofy lens, and it is a joke. Yeah, it is just all right. For I can I can appreciate that because yeah, I would be annoyed too if if they did that with yes. my favorite characters. Like any any TV show you could think of that's like one genre, and then they they're like, all right, we're coming back for a, a brand new season. It's been years. We got the entire cast back. And then it's that. Yeah. And it's right. a total I'll opposite. Give you that. So yeah, I, I hate Teen Titans Go. I despise I, I understand why people like it, and yeah. I'm sure it's very funny and very meta, but I just I can't get behind it. Mm, okay. Um, especially after they did the same thing with Young Justice, but then they brought it back mm-hmm. with the original cast and they kept it going and they kept the dark tone. Do you know why Young Justice was cancelled? No. It wasn't selling toys. <laughs> That's not even a joke. That was cart- I believe cart- it. Cartoon Network pulled the the plug on one of the one of the best superhero animated shows of all time, Young Justice. And, and now, is it back now? It is on okay. HBO Max. Okay. They even dropped the first two episodes uh, yes, during DC during... fandom, and it's been fantastic. Yeah. And, and I have to say, that's that's one of the things, and we'll get into that too. That I think this show benefited from is that HBO money. Oh, absolutely. And I think HBO Max was was so excited to just create content and get content. Yeah. So for them to bring back stuff and or continue stuff. So basically. Going back in time to the beginning of Titans, Titans was the flagship show of DC Universe Online. I had DC Universe Online. Mm-hmm. It was it was a very good uh, subscription if you were a DC fan. If you weren't a DC fan, there was nothing there for you. Like, why would you be there anyway? Right. It's not like Disney Plus that has the Marvel and the Star Wars and in They've it. They've got a vault. Yeah. So this DC Universe came out with a ton of great content, and unfortunately, it decided to go just straight to comic books. Right. Because it wasn't doing well. And, and, and from what I remember, too, when DCEU came out, it was pitched to adults. Yes. Because I remember the very first um, promo for Titans yep. was Robin uh, looking slightly off camera and dropping saying... The dropping the F-bomb and saying, F-Batman. Yeah. They have... In season three, they got away with, from that for the most part. It's not... It was more just the shock factor of it. Mm-hmm. But um, season three, I will say, is my favorite season of Titans. I would agree. And it's one of those shows that got better as it went. Once they got rid of some of the stupid character choices. So let's talk about some stupid character choices. (laughs) So we have Brenton Thwaites as uh, Dick Grayson slash Robin and then eventually Nightwing. What's his name? Brenton Thwaites. No, no, no. The character? Oh. Richard. Dick. Richard. Kids can be cruel. Yep. So I really like Dick Grayson in this show in season one and then in season three. I hated him in season two. Why? I thought that the second half of season two with him going to... And by the way, full spoilers oh, for full seasons spoilers. one, two, and three of, of Titans. Mostly season three, but uh, for one and two also. But I hated the whole... I'm going to go to prison for three episodes. <laughs> I, I hated that storyline. Um, I, I really... For the most part, I enjoy Brendan Thwaites as uh, Nightwing, especially especially yeah. in this season where he is the team leader. And he, you know, there's a lot of trust built in with the, the team and the characters mm-hmm. and all that stuff. He was much better this season. And he was and he was fun. Like, he made jokes. You yeah. know, like, he, he was a little bit more he quippy. He wasn't so angsty. He wasn't Batman. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I like how they build that dynamic, that relationship. A lot of people forget how many problems Batman and Robin actually had in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, especially as Robin got older. And he realized he's like, Batman's kind of a dick. Yeah. Because that's what he is. Um, they, they did a lot of great exploration of Dick Grayson in this show and and his relationship with, with Bruce Wayne. And I think season three was kind of the epitome of it. 
See, I I found season two, I think, to be the most frustrating out of the three. Agreed. Um, season one was was fun. It was getting introduced to these new characters. Like I liked, you know, Rachel and Starfire and, and their stories and everything. Season two was a slog for me. I I had trouble getting through it. I think it ends on a really good note. Season I, two. Season two. Season two ends yeah. on a good note. Like the Nightwing episode is fantastic. Um, it just took forever for him to get into to the get suit. There. And the problem was that season two, the problem was they had a bunch of other stories happening at the same time. Yeah. It was like, all right, so here's Beast Boy and Superboy. Right. Here's uh, Jason Todd being Jason Todd. Melanie hated Jason Todd. I still hate Jason Todd. I, I, I don't. I, I can't stand. I despise him. Melanie I, also hated Hank. I did too until season three. Yes, and we'll and we're, we're going to discuss that. Um, season two, I, I found okay. Part of the problem I found with season two was that they saved the climax for season one for the beginning uh, for of season the very two. beginning of season two, and it was a terrible resolution to season one. Yeah, I thought, and so, so I felt like season two immediately shot itself in the foot. So season one was supposed to end with the episode I believe it's called Dick Grayson, okay. where it's that last shot of of. Dick Grayson being taken over by Trigon. Okay. Then that was supposed to be the season finale, and it was supposed to open with the first episode of Trigon and him being uh, basically locked inside of Rachel's head. Okay. Instead, they didn't do that. So they changed up their strategy, and I I agree. It did not – especially because Trigon is one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe – so well, and I should also point out that season one was only eleven episodes, whereas season two was thirteen episodes. So I wonder if if the pandemic forced them to reschedule. I don't know. Or... I don't think so. Yeah, but anyway, no, it didn't. Never mind. It came out in twenty nineteen. Yeah. They were just stupid. Never mind. <laughs> so Dick Grayson, I I also got to say his suits were have been fantastic. The Robin suit looks great. Um, the Nightwing suit is so on point, and I really enjoy. I also enjoy how in the beginning of season three, the Titans are celebrities. Like they're they're a well known right. superhero team. Um, they do a lot of not of talking about like the Justice <laughs> League and Superman and stuff like that, but they don't ever show them. So it's nice to see yeah. in a world of superheroes what would happen if a team of superheroes did exist. And you know, Starfire kind of does the like the press stuff, and like Beast mm-hmm. Boy is kind of like the I love being a, a superhero celebrity. And Nightwing's just off in the shadows. Like he's like, I, I'm not here for that. I'm right. Here he's just... sort of being Bruce Wayne a little bit, but in a much better way. Yeah. In the comics, it's said that uh, Dick Grayson's one of the best tacticians and team leaders in the DC universe. Okay. Um, Batman may be one of the smartest, but Dick Grayson is considered one of the best leaders. So it, it makes sense that he kind of takes that role. But uh, I really enjoy the Dick Grayson stuff and any. There was no angst in this season with him and other characters. Like, mm-hmm. they would have disagreements, but they would be okay. Like, after a little... Like, I love how Superboy and uh, Nightwing go at it at towards the end. And, like, Nightwing's like, hey, I, I want to apologize. Superboy's like, Superboy's like, I would have done the same thing. We're cool. We're good. All right, so who do you want to talk about next after him? Well, we'll go right down to uh, Anna Diop as Coriander slash Coriander slash Starfire. Oh, Starfire. Yeah. Um, Oh, Rob doesn't like Starfire. No, no. I, I didn't like their... Her, I think I got bored with her storyline. Um, like, by the third season, because it's all about, like, her her and her sister. Her and her sister. I kind of got just not interested in it. Well, that's a big deviation from the comics to yeah, make Blackfire kind of a good guy. I've She's never heard not of a good guy. Yeah, Blackfire's not a good guy. Okay. Um, I, I like Starfire enough. Um, they do a lot of not explaining with her. Like, mm-hmm. they never actually explain why she was getting visions of her sister. 
Um, you know, they, they talk a little bit about how her powers weren't actually her powers. That's a big change from the comics. Yeah, because the first season was all about her getting her memory back. Yeah. And then second season, what was second season with her? Just her dealing with it. Oh, drinking okay. and I, one of the weirdest things in this season was she called the psychiatrist that she almost had a one night stand with in season two like they they made it seem like that was going to be a thing and then just yeah. he just dis- disappeared i felt like with starfire that they didn't really know what to do with her yeah and yeah. They, they i love her i think she's great in this and i have to say i think the actress who plays her got better as the seasons went on yeah once they stopped using the wig the what the wig in season oh, the one. wig oh the oh. wig is the wig was rough so yeah for those of you guys who don't know, there was a lot of controversy about, well, she's she's a black actress playing Starfire. And I, I'm sitting there going, Starfire's orange. Who who cares? <laughs> I didn't so, know she wasn't normally. Yeah. So they, they do a great job with her powers in, yeah. in this season too, like where she turns orange almost and like her eyes glow green. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. Now, and I think she's gotten much better. Remember too that everything I know about the Teen Titans – comes from Teen Titans Go, so, so I'm a little hobbled in this discussion. A little bit. Um, going down, we have Tegan Croft as Rachel Roth slash Raven. I like her a lot. Was she in this season? She was. That was and, a and, joke. Oh. Yes, I know she was in this season. She's, she was in only in I four. I for that. She was only in like four episodes, though. You know what, though? I think that actually made her stronger. Because I will say this. One of the things that I did like a lot about season three is they didn't feel they needed to have everybody in every episode there with their character arcs and their plot lines. Because I felt like season two was like too overstuffed. You know, in this season, in season three, Rachel was gone for like, yeah, like until like season, episode seven or something like that, like, that, like really I, far in. I, I didn't know where she was. I forgot to. <laughs> yeah. And then they showed her in uh, Thermoskia, and I was like, oh, that's she's where training she's with the Amazons been. on Paradise Island. Okay, for some reason. Now she knows how to fight with a sword. Kind of. I also don't am not fully understanding what her powers are. Yeah, in the in the comics, it's more magical based. Okay. Um, in this, they really have not explained. I don't understand it at all. It's demon goo, basically. Demon goo. That's what it looks like. Yeah, no, that's very accurate. Yeah, in, in the comics, She's it was more sh- goo. almost like more shadow powers. Okay. Um, but yeah, so because like at the end, and again, spoilers. At the end, when they go and see um, Scarecrow, she emits demon goo into him, and he has nightmares. And or I, he has like I'm a like, full-on cycle. I'm that like, was one of the darkest moments on. that I didn't agree with in this okay. show. And I, and we'll talk about it. But um, right. yeah, Raven was... I love her. I think she's a great actress. I think, I think she, she's I, she's, gotten, she's gotten much better too. Yeah. Uh, going down, we have arguably one of my favorites, Ryan Potter as Gar Logan slash Beast Boy. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to go with Superboy there for a minute. No, and I'm going to explain why in a okay. minute. But. All right, so go with Gar. I love Beast Boy. Like in the comics, Beast Boy is like the jokey, fun, yes. and they they catch his essence much better in this season. Mm-hmm. And I like how they finally discussed why he only was changing into a tiger. They finally bring it up, and he's like, "Well, I did a snake once, <laughs> yeah, and then I did a bat." Yeah, you did a bat. So in the comics, Beast Boy can turn into any animal, like okay. any. Doesn't matter. So even still... even alien animals. Do we know where is Beast Boy from? He was picked up by the uh, the Doom Patrol in the Doom Patrol episode of season. Oh, one. he was in the Doom Patrol. Which he was with the Doom should, Patrol. We should also add that season one introduced Doom Patrol, which I still got to catch up on. Which I I am caught up on, and it is one of the most absurd 
shows I've ever seen, and I don't mean that necessarily as in like funny absurd. I mean as in like the things they think of. What on earth is like I I it, no given moment do I know what's going to happen next. I love I love. Doom Patrol. I'm, the, the first season is still incredible. I'm jury's out on me for Doom Patrol right now because it's either and Lauren has said this. It's either brilliant or absolutely idiotic, and I can't tell which. Depends on how many mushrooms you have beforehand. Yeah. But uh, I, I like how they're addressing that Beast Boy's difficulties in changing are purely psychological and okay. fear based. Like he only he changes into a tiger because that's what he, his favorite animal. He loves tigers. But then they they bring it up like Raven's the one that's like you're you're afraid you're afraid of what you can do and it's holding you back. Where did he get his powers? I uh, I believe in the comics it involved some sort of uh, he got uh, th- well in this Doctor uh, who's the guy in the Doom Patrol Doctor Nigel something oh yeah, yeah he um, the, uh, he gave him a formula to to cure him from a disease okay. and it gave him his abilities. Timothy Dalton's character. Timothy yeah. Dalton's character before he was recast. <laughs> But um, no, he's still in. No, originally in the first episode of Doom Patrol or uh, first episode of Titans, it's, it's not. Oh Timothy, right, yeah, right, right, right. Timothy Dalton. But um, yeah, so he's able to transform into any animal. And okay. I, I like how in this they because in all honesty, it's probably a budget thing. Like mm-hmm. they can't afford to have him changing into animals every episode. Because <laughs> um, usually the the transformations take place which off. Is, which is why it didn't happen until season three with that HBO money. Yeah, well, you know, he he changed into the tiger plenty of times in season one, and then the snake at the very end. Right. But uh, season two, he like it wasn't until the very end when he was mind controlled that like he. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Which gives him more this season when he's the only one going. Hey, we should be listening to Jason. He may not have been himself because mm. Garb killed people. Yeah. And I I I wish they had done a little bit more with that with the trauma of that. Because you, you see him at yeah. the end of season two, and he's, like, broken. Right, but then he springs back to his good old self. Because they're famous. They're famous superheroes. Uh, let's continue down the list. We got Curran Walters. I hope I'm saying his first name right. As Jason Todd slash Robin slash Red Hood. You go first, Rob. <sighs> okay. Now, it might be the character. I don't know. If, if he is nailing the character, I would never know. So he might be. And if he is nailing it, good for him. But I find Jason Todd incredibly annoying i never liked him i never liked the character i want to punch the the actor in the face every time i see him but maybe that's what they're trying to do i don't know so season one jason i enjoyed enough he was there like he he did what he was he was supposed to be the anti dick grayson he was everything dick grayson was not i had no problem with jason todd in season one i enjoyed jason todd in season one Mm -hmm. Season two, he turned into such a whiny baby okay. that it, it drove me up the wall. For those of you guys that don't know, Jason Todd was so unpopular that they right. voted him to death. Like, in the comics, To yeah. die in the comics. I thoroughly enjoyed him in season three. Okay. Really? I did. Uh, for the most part. There were, there okay. were some, some things that, that they did. or So in season three, you find out that he's been experimenting with this fear gas that mm. takes away his fear, that makes him completely fearless, which is very dangerous – to be a vigilante and not be afraid not of anything. Right. Uh, Bruce Wayne, there was a great episode of Batman the Animated Series when it happened, and t- to the point where Tim Drake actually re- uh, restrained Batman because the one thing Batman doesn't do is kill, typically. So, yeah, they, it was a great episode if you guys haven't seen it. But I really liked him a lot more. That he was conflicted. He was he thought he was doing the right thing, but he was doing it the wrong way. And I, I can't even deny the Red Hood costume looks fantastic. It? It, it looks really good. Yeah. 
And I I was shocked that they actually did the Joker story, like the Joker beating him to death with the crowbar. Yeah, I have to say I liked I liked the direction that third season went in because it seemed like they actually had a plan. Yeah. Where season one and two, it was just like, we'll throw these people together and we'll figure it out as we go along. Mm-hmm. Where season three was like, had source material to it, whereas the other one, two, didn't seem to. Yeah, they follow very, very loose adaptation of Under the Red Hood. Yeah. But Under the Red Hood is more of a, it's also a Batman story, which makes, uh, which makes it even harder because they, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were some great Jason Todd, mo- the episode where they do the flashbacks with him and Bruce Wayne, I thought was really good. Okay. Where Bruce Wayne, like, he's like, I don't want you to be Robin anymore. I don't want you to be Robin. I'm trying to not have my accent as I talk to you. <laughs> But um, and then seeing Bruce Wayne actually kill the Joker, or well, you right. know, you see the crowbar drop, right, and right. he's covered in blood, and I was like, oh, 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 okay. I still, I can't stand Jason. T- I don't know if it's his face or his hair, but he's well, it's so you know, it's it's funny. So let, let's talk about the next character. I'm gonna actually go down the list. Uh, mm. Oh, I'm gonna have to find it. But uh, they introduced Tim Drake in this season. Do you know mm. anything about Tim Drake? I know that he I, – I, you know what? I know Tim Drake from the research that I did when we did the Robin episode. So played by Jay Lycurgo? God, I hope I got that right. <laughs> sorry, Jay. No, because this is what we're going to be sorry for. I hate him. I, I hate his interpretation I, of Tim Drake. I am Drake. going to agree with you, but I want to hear your reasons first. Well, first of all, Melanie hates his face. She's like, I don't know what it is, but I just don't like his face. Now He's oh. whiny. And he's also very lanky. Like, he goes uh, yeah. to kick somebody, and everybody's like, wow, you did a great job. I was like, what? I got to say, I, all right, I'm glad you're saying this, because when I see him, he looks, and I, I'm sorry, I don't like to comment on people's looks, but he looks goofy. Yes. Um, um, and I, he doesn't look like he could be an action superhero. Well, it's funny, because you know what movie he's going to be in, right? No. The Batman. Doing what? He's one of the thugs that are covered in the uh, the face paint. I'll show you the trailer after this. But um, yeah, I, I don't like him. And Tim Drake is arguably my favorite version yeah. of Robin. Tim Drake is highly intelligent, and he's supposedly the best detective and, and best everything out of all the Robins. Best detective. And then Jason is supposed to be the best firearm user. Okay. And then Tim uh, Dick Grayson is supposed to be the best tactician slash leader. Okay. And I think there's one or two that also have like the best roles, but... Yeah, even Batman says that Tim Drake's a better detective. Tim Drake than him. looks like he should be doing an office job. Which he does. See, he's got his little secret office. Mm. Um, I have no problem with they they show how smart he is in this. They show his right. intelligence level, but he always looks like he's about to cry. Yeah. And he's I, got like this cry per, permanent cry face. I don't face. like him. Yeah, I I don't know if it's just the way that he's been written. I don't know if it's if it's the actor just not being the right fit for Tim Drake. I gotta say that when I fr- when they were like he's like hi I'm Tim Drake I I think my first reaction was that's Tim Drake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. So yeah, it was, was neat. On a side note, just to get a glimpse of Kelly Ke- Kelly Kelly with the other Robin. Oh, Carrie Kelly. Carrie Kelly. That was one of my favorite. That Appar- was a great well, great little Easter egg. Apparently, each one of those people were a different sidekick of the bat family right. not necessarily robin but other uh okay. variations so that that was an inter- and i looked, love she looked great she looks great and i love how robin or dick grayson was like what is wrong with yeah. you and that is a, so in the comics it's tim drake was the one that convinced batman he needed a robin okay. that he needed somebody to balance him out because he was getting too dark instead they flipped it in this one where 
Batman was so codependent on having somebody look up to him mm-hmm. and having that that uh, sidekick that Dick Grayson was like, we just buried Jason. Like, and you're trying to find another soldier yeah. for your war? That, that I actually enjoyed. I enjoyed that part. But going down our list, we have uh, the return of Connor Leslie as Donna Troy in this. Stupidest death ever. Even worse, <laughs> she gets tasered when she gets back to Gotham and she's like, yeah, I've already done this. I'm like, technically, isn't electricity your weakness? Because, you know, stupid deaths. I, I, She dies at the end of season two. And she gets electrocuted she, while holding up a Ferris wheel, <laughs> and it just—and this is after the action has stopped too. She's just standing there, and then all of a sudden, this thing falls, and and she dies. And I, I read the, you know, the the fan reactions online, and so many people were pissed. Rough, rough. And it was—it was so dumb. But you know, afterwards, I was like, you know what? At least they got rid of some characters and they thinned out the Teen Titans a little bit. So we have fewer storylines. Well, season three, we, we lost a few characters. Then they bring her back. She was better when they brought her back. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, Melanie and I are watching it, though, and we're like, and Melanie keeps going, does she forget she has super speed? Because she's doing a lot of walking. Like, there's a time crunch. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, that's kind of funny. I feel like it, the Flash was just strolling. <laughs> so, yeah, I... Uh, I, I liked her better in this season, but again, she also didn't have much to do yeah, uh, no, towards the didn't. end. Uh, now we have two characters that probably went through the, the most interesting transition from season one to Good. season three. We have Minka Kelly as Don Granger slash Dove and Alan Richardson mm-hmm. as Hank Hall slash Hawk. So we're going to refer to them as Dove and Hawk just for the sake yeah, of, right. of conversation. Hawk and Dove. Hawk and Dove, Dove and Hawk. I really enjoyed that, especially looking at it now that we've seen the whole story. I love what they did with Hawk and Dove. I don't think they planned it, and I don't no, think it was storyboarded out. <laughs> but season three did justice to Hawk. I did not like like I was even complaining to Paul when I was in the middle of season two. I'm like, I can't stand him because he's such a, a a frat boy dude, bro. Um, he was so annoying, and and part of that though is is the script writing. Like, yeah. I have huge, huge problems with season one and two because it feels like it was written by a fourteen year old. Uh-huh. It, it's just gratuitous. It's it's nonsensical. People don't really talk like that. Um, they throw in cursing just to throw it in. Whereas at least with season three, it it actually sounds like the way people talk and interact with one another, and it wasn't gratuitous. And I think that is what improved. Hawk so much yeah. because he seemed like a real person that I actually cared about. And also three. Hawk goes through this transition where I, I he had a lot of great ideas, just mm-hmm. not always the execution. Like he, he was a survivor of childhood abuse mm-hmm. that he he took in place of his brother. That was a dark oh, moment. I remember that. That was, that was dark. a very dark moment. Um, you know, he, he was working on a farm trying to help out a junkie. Like mm-hmm. that's what he was trying to do in season two until Slade, you know, came back. Which again, Slade is I thought he was terrible. Also, I, I like Slade enough. Right, we'll get to that. But well, he's not in season three, so we're probably not going to oh, okay, talk good. about him. But um, Slade, yeah. and then season three, he was fantastic. Hawk, like yeah. he he was working as a, a, a police officer down I gotta in DC. Say, I I laughed a lot when I saw him first in pull up on short, the bicycle, the bike shorts, with the bike shorts and the mustache. Yep, no, <laughs> it was great. And then you had like uh, and Dove was actually doing crime fighting, and you yeah. find out that you know he's trying to get her back and. Because that was a weird thing at the end of season two. Yeah. But um, he has his heroic moment of sacrifice. Right. And he gets his closure. 
Okay. Yeah. And they and, just they did a great job. And he's not gone. He's just in the shadow world or whatever the limbo, that is. Limbo, purgatory. Yeah. Like it, he's in a purgatory type. And he owns it too. I love it. Apparently. Like he shows up in the muscle car. He's like, I, I've been here They're for a while. Blasting Bon Jovi. I loved it. <laughs> but that episode of him with the bomb in his chest is one of the best yeah. Titans episodes. Agreed. I, I'd even put it in top superhero show uh, I would agree with you 100% on that. It and was that last sh- That last shot, man, oh, of him just sitting in the bed and realizing oh. he's about to. And then even worse, they have Dawn do it. Yeah, that she inadvertently uh, pulled the trigger on his explosive. If she had just not done it, she yeah. he would have survived. Um, they can't let that go. Like that by the end of the season, Jason's not back in the fold, but they're kind of just like, all right, just just leave. Like we're we're not gonna chase you. We're not gonna. Mm. But they ha- if they're ever gonna bring Dawn or Jason back, they have to have that confrontation. I I okay. Let's talk about um, Dove for a minute. Yeah. I never really saw her other than as as a plot device. Um, you know, because she, you know, because she was involved with Dick Grayson, and then she was involved with Hank, and so I was very pleased to see her leave in season three and not come back because I didn't feel like there was anything to do with her, and so having her leave at least gives us the excuse of we don't have to have a sto- an ersatz story about her. And they always have the chance of bringing her back for yeah, another that's story. Because I have to say, if if after season two you were you told me that Hank was coming back for season three and he's going to be great, I'd be, oh, yeah, whatever. That's not going to happen. I would have not believed you. But if you're going to tell me that you know Dove is coming back for season four and it's going to be awesome. I don't believe you, but you know, stranger things have happened I see with them, Hank. So. I could see them bringing her back as a revenge mission against Jason. I could see something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, and the Titans have to decide where they stand. I could see stuff like that. But moving down, we got uh, Joshua Orpin as Subject Thirteen slash Connor slash Superboy. <sighs> uh oh, I'm I'm torn. Oh. First of all, I, I have no problem with Superboy. I think he's he's well used in this show. He's okay. not he's not so overpowered that um that he that he fixes everything. Mm-hmm. He's he's fallible. He messes up. Um, I like when they they do like the brief shots of Lex Luthor with him because he is a genetic clone right. of Superman and Lex Luthor. Uh, his powers are well done. There's some great shots of things exploding and he just stands there where everybody's like taking cover. Um, he, they do some good stuff with Superboy. Yeah. I like the actor too, but yeah. he's like forty. Is he really? No, he's he's, he's definitely a little bit older right. than than Superboy should be. Here he is, Josh or Joshua Orpin. That's his name. Yeah, he is a ripe old age. Let's see, he was born in ninety four, so he he no, he's not. He's like twenty seven. So to play Superboy, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That you see where I'm going with yeah, that? All right. I knew he wasn't actually forty. He's younger than I am. Um. I will tell you, I hated him in season two because I hated that whole, I'm too powerful and I don't know what I'm doing because I'm not smart. The, the fish out of water storylines get old quickly. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of shows will continue with them. I loved, though, that it didn't. And yes. that season three all of a sudden started with him being just like everybody else. Yes. And, and I was again, like, okay, he, this is good. He wasn't so powerful that they just sent him in to fix things right. and to just handle situations. He was working with the team. And that's the thing that I have about this show is this show is best 
when they're a team and they're doing team things. And they figured that out for this season. It's much better in this season. It's it's better. I will say the the first three episodes, I was like, wow, this is fun. This is exciting. They're not taking themselves too seriously, and they're a team. And then it started to splinter after that. A little bit, yeah. Um, with Vincent Carthizer as Dr. Jonathan Crane. I wish I watched Mad Men. Uh, he was an angel also. The, the Buffy, uh, the Buffy spinoff. That, yeah, that's, that's where I know him from. Know. Uh, apparently, reports are that he was an asshole on set. <laughs> like, just not really? a ple- not pleasant to work with. And he was talked to several times by the that's studio. He's typecast. Uh, Wait, you're talking about on Titans or just in on general? On Titans. Oh. On Titans. So, that that's what I've heard. But um, okay. I enjoyed... I enjoyed Crane. He played the long game. He was a smart villain. He loses it at the end for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have... I don't know. I think once he started cutting his face and mm. all that stuff, I think that was a little much. And then it, it ended up he just wanted to do his original plan that Batman stopped. I like how Nightwing figured it out, though. And he was like, no, no, no. He wants us to, to play the game. That's what he wants. He wants the game so he can win. Because he lost against Batman, so I, I like how he, he you know he outsmarted the Titans plenty of times and he turned the city against them. I yeah I, I I did like the plot. I think I just didn't like the actor. That's fair. Um, because also don't forget I I when I think of Scarecrow, I think of Killian Murphy, um, from Batman Begins. Eh. Um. To me, that has always been Scarecrow because Scarecrow seems to be, and I I love Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy, uh, if you haven't watched Peaky Blinders, I really highly, highly recommend the Peaky Blinders. Um, But he has always been Scarecrow. And so for me, this Scarecrow was too much of a stoner. Yeah. And I didn't like that. Whereas Killian Murphy has sort of a dignity to him when he portrays it. Uh, Then he gets really campy in the second and third ones. A little bit, yeah. I'm going to wear my judge's outfit. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember when he was doing that. Yeah, that was a little weird. Um, um but I just I didn't yeah, he was he, he it was like watching the big Lebowski playing Scarecrow. A little right? bit. Yeah. Um like I said, he's got some great moments and you know, he's a smart villain, but yeah, it's a, the way he's portrayed is very strange in this. Yeah, it was inconsistent for me too. Like like yeah. it just was, some episodes yeah. he was really good and then others I was like uh. yeah. We got Savannah Welch coming in this season as Barbara Gordon. I I I, I salute the show tremendously for finding an actress who physically is matches the role. Well, because she was to, if to you a point. She yeah. well, no, no. A, I mean, like to the oh, go ahead. She, well, so in the comics, Barbara Gordon was shot and paralyzed by the right. Joker. Um, in this, Savannah Welch uh, lost her leg. Yeah, in 2016, she was in a car accident and lost her leg, and so she's she cannot walk. She yeah. is in a wheelchair, which I thought was really great casting. It it, it adds a lot of uh, realism to it. Yeah. Um, I know, I know, we're watching it, and Melanie goes, "Is she missing a leg?" I was like, yeah. "In the comics, she's not." Yeah. Uh, well, here she is, and we did some research, and yeah, so she, I um, I dug her. The only thing I don't like is that they made Oracle. A computer program. Yeah. I thought that was I had, a weird. I had to look that up because I, I didn't. I thought I was remembering improperly. I think it would have been much better if, after, like, I have no problem with her being the police commissioner and taking right. over for her father, but I had a problem with her. Oh, I created this supercomputer. That's a very new thing in comedy. Ever since Jarvis became an AI mm-hmm. in Iron Man, that's kind of a route that a lot of comics have been taking. 
in the, if, in the comics, for those of you guys who don't know, after Barbara Gordon's paralyzed, she takes on the role of Oracle. She's basically uh, like tech support for superheroes, right. where she organizes, she you know traffics information, all that stuff. Basically, what Felicity was in Arrow. They even make a joke about it where uh, they give her the nickname Watchtower, or not not Watchtower. They gave her some uh, Overwatch. That was it. Oh, okay. They call Felicity Overwatch. She's like Overwatch. She's like, well, I was gonna go with Oracle, but it was taken. <laughs> so I, I always chuckled at that one, but I did not like the computer program no, Oracle thing. Now, here's the thing. Having said that, too, about her, her being physically appropriate for the role, I found the actress to... Like, when I think Barbara Gordon, if she's going to be police commissioner, I think she should be, like, a tough-as-nails kind of police commissioner. And she seemed a little bit too publicly doubting and, and soft. I think the problem is, and, and this is how I equated it, Jim Gordon worked with Batman, right. and in this, Barbara Gordon was Batgirl. I think it brings a different perspective. She was very quick to want to work with the Titans and have the Titans in the city and, and be supportive of them. So I think that's just how that was conveyed, that she was a little bit softer with them. But I, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah, she just didn't have that sort of like, you know, the buck stops here kind of police commissioner. She had her moments her. of it with, with Dick Grayson, but okay. only with Dick Grayson because, mm. you know, they have a history. Right. I, I thought it was very weird that they made her a, a former burglar. I don't know why they yeah, decided to go I agree. with that. I saw that. I'm I was thinking, like, she wasn't Catwoman. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of Catwoman. I, I don't know if they were trying to create a very similar type mm. relationship, but I mean, Dick Grayson gets around. Mm. Man whore. Uh, but that, I, I, that's I enjoyed Savannah her. Welch, by Savannah, the way. Savannah Welch, yes. And then the last character I want to talk about is Bruce Wayne slash Batman. In Glenn. I, nothing against Ian Glenn, but the second they cast him, I was like, oh, okay. He's age appropriate because he's he's uh, around sixty. I don't want a sixty-year-old Batman. But but if you, how is that he, age appropriate? He, because he brought in Dick Grayson when Dick was what eight. Yeah, but you can make a forty-year-old Batman who did the same thing. Right, but oh, well, hold on, hold on. If he brings because he was Batman for a while without a Robin. And then he brings in Dick Grayson as Robin, but Dick Grayson was only like like eight or nine or, or so when he brought him and in. And he's only twenty one at the start of this. Of right. This show. So that you know, you're you're thinking that he was Batman at like age thirteen. What if he was Batman at age thirty? Yeah. And then he adopted Dick Grayson. Right. So then that would put him somewhere in his late fifties. Not necessarily. Because Dick is how old now? He's got. He's at least twenty one. They never. Oh, uh, he's he, twenty one to twenty six. I think. I think they mentioned that he's about twenty five, twenty six. Oh, really? I, I always pictured him closer to thirty. Even so, twenty twenty six is close to thirty. <laughs> God. But let's say let's say Dick Grayson is thirty for twenty right. years. I would say a fifty year old Batman at the most. But also, Batman's been Batman since he was twenty one years old. He finished schooling okay. and came back, right, and right. usually, because if you look at uh. Uh, Dark, the Dark Knight series. Mm -hmm. Bruce is college age. He's in college when he leaves, and he's gone for seven years. So he's only twenty five when he comes back. Okay. So you can say Batman starts at twenty five, and you know, adopts Dick Grayson at, when he's thirty. Mm -hmm. Eleven years later, forty, forty two. Okay. That could be your your peak Batman. But then you look at like, you, you look at Ben Affleck, right? Who's like. A brick shit house in Batman vs Superman, like just yeah, big. Oh, oh my gosh! I look like I could take on Ian, Ian, what's his name? Ian, Ian Glenn. Ian Glenn. I feel like I could fight him and win. Well, he's sixty. 
I think I think they they got a name who was hot at the time, with, he, and he was, and yeah. he was, and they thought well because be, he was also he in, looked like now, Adam West. Now you've never watched Game of Thrones, right? No. See, he in Game of Thrones he was like a massive warrior in Game of Thrones. Like he he could fight, and I think they saw that and they're like, that's our Bruce Wayne. Whereas here he seems more elderly. Yes, and I think that that is a detriment. Yeah, I would agree. And they they basically they give Nightwing all the Batman roles, like he he deals with the Red Hood. He's right. he it looks like he's gonna train uh train uh Tim Drake. Mm-hmm. I don't like what they've done with Batman in this show. Okay, I know I'm throwing you a, a, a curveball here. If you could recast him, who would you put in? Off the top of my head, I I can't think of anybody. Mm-hmm. But like, give me give me a all right. I give you a few minutes. That'd be a fun fan feedback Friday because I totally oh. missed it this week. <laughs> um. I, I don't know, like, because I, I will also be the first one to be like, I didn't really like Christian Bale as Batman. Like, he's good, but he's not my Batman. I just rewatched the last The Dark Knight this week with my class, and I have to say, he's better as the years have gone on. I can I can see that, but also I think he's so overshadowed by everybody else in those movies. Like nobody remembers mm-hmm. the Dark Knight for Christian ba- for no. Batman. Yeah, we remember Heath Ledger, and even to a point, The Dark Knight Rises with with Bane. You know, Tom. Everybody talks about that, Tom Hardy, I, and I have to say, like, he's not. He's actually really, really good in The Dark Knight. Like, having rewatched it now this week, I, he you see a lot of subtle things that you didn't notice. But The Dark Knight Rises really should have been his moment to shine. My problem with, and this is, uh, this is actually going to relate to Back to Titans. Yeah. My problem with Batman is Bruce Wayne is not the person. Bruce Wayne is the facade, the the playboy, the this. Like, he's Batman. He is not Bruce Wayne anymore. He, you know, he is Batman. He's only Batman. Right. And the problem that these shows and movies have done with Batman is make him retire. Like the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises forces Batman to retire twice. Yeah, yeah. In this, he stopped. He tries to kill himself in this. I was like, that's not Batman. I'm oh. so. I hate to say it. This this Bruce Wayne is not Batman. I got a good Batman. Uh, I looked something up. Go for I, it, Eric Banner. I could see Eric Banner. He would have been awesome. As a, a you know, middle-aged, like 45, 50-year-old yeah, yeah. Batman. I could see it. Um, Edward Norton. <laughs> oh, God. But um, Jai Courtney. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, they, they could have done better. I, I see where they were. Yeah. Um, I also don't think that they expected to have him for, three se- for two seasons. Right. And I just... And also the problem with a show like Titans, and it's the problem you run into with with Superman shows and stuff like that, is why didn't they just call Batman? Why didn't they just call Superman? Yeah. And that's the problem. That's why I like Young Justice because Young Justice actually explains it. They're like, the Justice League is in the, the spotlight. People are always watching us. We need a covert team of, of people that they're not expecting, and that's how the team is created. Yeah. So I don't know. That, that's a Batman problem, which is weird because normally that's a Superman problem. <laughs> I'm just looking at all these other people that could have played Batman, and okay, yes. And now, the, now that I'm looking at these, I'm like, yeah, the, he would have been better. He would have been better. He would have been better. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of them. You know who would have been fantastic, and it would have been great stunt casting. Who? Stephen Amell. <laughs> I would have been, or in all honesty, yeah. Jensen Ackles. <laughs> Jensen Ackles played him in uh, the Long Halloween. Oh yeah, he's done the voice, and Absolutely. he's he's also done the voice of uh, Red Hood. Oh yeah. So I I would oh, that would there's make, a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Okay, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I know you you don't want to go for the giant stars, you know, like John Hamm or something like that. But no, John, I, John Hamm's always been in, uh, one of those actors that people talk about for Batman. Right. But I could see it, but no thanks. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Like, you know, for a, a middle-aged 45, 50-year-old Batman, that's a lot of, see, a lot of choices. See, but I like the fact because he, he seemed more like 55, 60 Batman. Like, I would have said 60 to 65. That's what oh, he yeah, looked, yeah. That's I, what he, I would agree. He looks elderly. Yeah. And, Might as well. You could put Clint Eastwood. Well, in I love, <laughs> I love the episode in season two where Dick Grayson's hallucinating, mm-hmm. and he see. First of all, they do the the Adam West Batman dance with him, which I, cringy, but I still laugh. Cr- yeah, cringy, but uh, I right, laughed fine. at it. I was like, okay, that's that's a nice little yeah, the, homage. The Tusi. But then they do a fight scene with him, and the way that it's shot, you can tell that they have to use a stunt double for so much of it. <laughs> Because, like, they'll do a couple of close-up shots, yeah, and then they'll pan out, and it's shadow, like, big shots, and you can tell that it's it's the stunt double. Yeah. I hate it. How I great hate. would it have been if they've gotten, like, an older, like, 80s action star like Chuck Norris or Kevin Conroy to play Batman? Uh, unfortunately, we have learned that Kevin Conroy cannot do it in, in live action. Why? He was in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh. Uh, yeah. By the way, this is all uh, continuity, too, with the oh, CW-verse. <laughs> But yeah, I think they could they could have done a lot better. Yeah, I, I you know what it was probably like a big get when they got him, but it, when it played out, it just wasn't really working. I would have liked to see him as a villain, if anything, like one of the smarter oh, yeah. villains. Like he would have been like a an aged Riddler, an aged Riddler, uh, um, an aged Mad Hatter. Yeah. But the fact that we have to say age for both of those really says a lot about yeah. the casting. But uh, how would you so? Season, we're going to wrap it up now here because we're, we're past an hour. Good for okay, us. Good for us. Star City rating on season three of Titans. Oh, boy. You can do the other That's two if you want. One. All right. I, season three was a significant improvement over seasons one and two for me. Like, in fact, when, when Paul asked me to watch this, I, I watched season two and I got up to about the fourth episode, and then I just stopped. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I was even telling Lauren, I'm like, I don't think I can watch this. She goes, you don't have to do this. You could just tell Paul, you know, no. hey, hey, no. Do it yourself. Do it. Yeah. Or she said, you could watch the last few episodes and claim that you watched the whole thing. I said, no, no, no. I what show did she skip? To the uh, what, what show were we just watching where she skipped? Uh, oh, like, Lucifer. Lucifer. That yeah, was she it, just yeah. couldn't say. Uh, oh, and, and on a side note, I don't think I ever told you this. With Lucifer, I ended up watching the show at 2x speed. <gasps> <laughs> oh, shenanigans. I could see it, though. Um, yeah, season three is a significant... So, like, I, I... Boy, did I drag myself through season two, and it was tough. Um, season... Th- like, I'm glad that I did, though, because season three was such a vast improvement. It, like... There was a solid plot to it. It all came together a lot more. Like the, I, I will say, like the first three episodes, I was like, "Wow, this is fun!" Like they're not taking it too seriously. Like there were like montages of them fighting with music, pop music behind yeah. them. Like this is great. Um, I think it fell apart a little bit. All right, you know, and here's how I, I've got the solution too. Thirteen episodes is way too long. I can see that. Maybe a ten episode yep. season. I would say. Eight it might be a little too short, but yeah, a ten episode I think would, I think be would be perfect for Titans. Perfect for it because it just—I felt at times they were stretching, like that, just for time. Like, how many times can the Titans break apart? 
and I and I think that's the thing is that the Titans work best when they're together and they're a team and they're doing stuff. Like when we were watching, like again that Hawk and Dove episode when they're trying to save him, they're all doing something to help him. Yeah, and it's great. You know, watching uh, Superboy trying to do his speed stuff with trying to come up with the deactivator was fantastic. I want more of that. Yeah. So having said all that, and having said, like the the show overall, I would say. Two and a half. So completely average. Completely average. However, I will give season three three stars because I think it's on the right trajectory. And I think season four, which I saw that I think it's coming, right? Yeah. I think season four has the potential to be better if they're learning from their mistakes. I also think the production value got seriously stepped up too with HBO money. Like season, I think so too. You know, like things look better, and they've always they've always had a great production value. Like their costumes have always looked great, uh, always on point. I think if they can get into things quicker, because I think season two it took forever to deal with Deathstroke. Yeah, and I think it for, took forever to get him in the Nightwing costume, and it was like if that had just happened by season, episode six instead of thirteen, I think it would have been a stronger season. So if they can figure out to do things quicker, to get in and get out and 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 move on with the story and keep the Titans together and have them be sort of like a dysfunctional family that loves each other and will stick together no matter what, I think it'll be season four great. But right now, I will say season three, three. I would even go three and a quarter. I'm going to give season three a three and a half, okay. uh, possibly even a four, just because mm-hmm. I did. It was such a big step up. Uh, it does have some things that are really bother me. Batman, Jonathan Crane, like right. they, they really bother me. But, you know, the costumes look better. They made us love Hank, which who, th- who knew who would have thought? Yeah. Um, I For going back, like I look at season two and I'm like two and a half, maybe a three. Yeah. Then season one, I'm like three, maybe a three and a half. Yeah. So I, I, like this, this show teeters for me a lot, and I really do enjoy it. And I think for season four, they need to up the stakes. And I really think they need to introduce the Justice League. I, I hate these shows that constantly talk about right. these other really big things. And I think seeing the dynamic between the Titans and the Justice League and how they do things differently yeah. would be really interesting. So... I have to say also what season three had tremendously for it, and this I found out was a pandemic result, is they moved it to Gotham. Yes. Because I heard that originally it was supposed to be in San Francisco, and then uh, they they had to, I forget exactly what it was with the pandemic, but they decided to go to Gotham instead. And Which I, is smart. That was brilliant. I thought, you know, putting it in the crime-riddled Gotham with the, the corrupt police department and everything added so many layers. And also I liked seeing, you know, like, you guys are famous in, in San Francisco where everything's like great and happy and yeah, you're taking out drug cartels, but also you go to Gotham, Gotham has Batman because it needs Batman. Yeah. Like it, it was an interesting dynamic shift. And again, I would love to see the Titans in another situation where it's different. Yeah. Have them uh, work with the Justice League and have them have such different ideologies about how things are done. Yeah. You know, like the Justice League deals with big planetary threats and the Titans are like, hey, we, we deal with, you know, street level stuff like we should be focusing on this and like i think that could be a lot of fun i i so here's my recommendation for people who are watching just getting into this show for the first time if you haven't watched it if you come to an episode where you're like oh gosh i I don't know if i can do this skip it go to the next episode Mm -hmm. i don't think you'll miss all that much they'll recap it and they'll talk about it and they'll talk about it um, if you want to start just at season three, I think you're okay. I don't know how you feel I think, about that. I think you could 
in okay. theory. Um, you kind of know everything you need to know about the characters. Just yeah. you know, even like even with the Jason stuff, like it all happens in season in yeah. episode one. So. so if you are getting in cold, I would say get in on season three. I, it's it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. I re- yeah. I would recommend it. So that's going to wrap us up for today. Uh, unfortunately, there is no Fan Feedback Friday just because uh, logistically it was not happening this week. Well, and also we've got a lot of other things going which on. Which have not been announced yet, yeah. Rob, so calm yourself down. All right, Ooh. But yes, we do have some uh, some big announcements in the next couple of weeks, hopefully before, uh, probably around Thanksgiving time, we're oh, going to make okay. our, our, our full announcement and uh, go from there. It is very exciting, and yeah, uh, you guys will... Uh, well, should get a kick out of it, especially yeah. if you've been a long-time listeners and you're looking for us to change it up a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap us up for today. If you guys want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook, uh, the Multiverse Fancast, or the Misfit Faction. You can find our website, themisfitfaction.com. Maybe with enough likes, we'll get Rob to actually write a review of Season 3 of Titans. Yep. Ooh. Yep, yep. <laughs> Still better than Venom, but anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, The Misfit Faction, on uh, YouTube. Keep an eye on our YouTube channel. One of the uh, parts of the announcement will involve our YouTube channel and some new content on it. So not just our podcast episodes uploaded, so make sure you guys keep an eye on that. And, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap us up for today. As always, I'm Paul. And I'm Rob. And we'll be back in a flash. And as Hank would say, smorgas effing borg. <laughs>